The scripture reading this morning is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16-21. through 21. So then, from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards. Even though we used to know Christ by human standards, that isn't how we know him now. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away, and look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ, by not counting people's sins against them. He has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors who represent Christ. Christ is negotiating with you through us. We beg you, as Christ's representatives, be reconciled to God. God caused the one who didn't know sin to be sin for our sake, so that through him we, we could become the righteousness of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, 11 years ago today, July 3rd even, July 3rd, 2005, I preached my first sermon as a pastor. I had filled in a few times, other, but I was starting my pastoral career with the church July 3rd, 2005. And so, um, it's just nice to mark that as an anniversary. It's also, today's also our five year anniversary as a parish. And uh, so we're going to celebrate that at the end of the month. Um, so we won't say a whole lot about that today. Uh, but lots of anniversaries um, come to mind. And with that, thinking about 11 years ago, uh, when I answered the call to ministry and began to uh, spread that word, uh, one of my favorite stories from that was my uh, my dad and my brother and one of my nieces, Stephanie, were at lunch together. I was not there, but I, I hear the story told to me. Uh, but anyway, they were at lunch, and my dad uh, was letting her know or them know about my call to ministry and that I was going to be going to seminary and I was going to be a preacher and so on and so forth. And so Stephanie at the time was about 12 years old, and her reaction to my dad telling her that was she was like, oh no, does that mean he's no longer going to be the fun one? <laughs> now I don't know whether she was referring to Melissa not being fun, uh, or her other uncles, or whatever, uh, but she had this idea in mind that um, I was no longer going to be fun. So anyway, I think she has discovered since that that's not true. I'm still the fun one. <laughs> Especially when you compare me to Pastor Melissa. <laughs> that's a joke. 
She's lots of fun every once in a while. But anyway, um, Stephanie conceptually was probably thinking along the lines, but a little bit confused. Um, she, you know, there shouldn't be any change in someone other than growing in your ministry. Uh, but what maybe she was thinking about was this idea of what happens when we're justified. Um, and so when we are made right with God through our belief in Jesus, we talked about justification last week. Um, and so maybe she's a little confused there. Um, but her reaction um, gives us a jumping off point to talk about a little bit today. Um, I love this passage that June just read for us today. Um, so if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. It also reminds me of the great Hank Williams Jr. song. All my rowdy friends have settled down. And how disappointed he was in that song. I can't repeat all the rest of the lyrics. I mean, I could sing it to you. Don't get me wrong, but probably not in church. Uh, but, but all my rowdy friends have settled down. I guess that was Stephanie's concern that I was going to uh, settle down and not be fun anymore. Um, so there is this idea, this biblical concept, and, and certainly um, on the minds of, of all of us probably that um, if we say we believe in Jesus, We've been made right through the reconciliation of the blood of Jesus and brought back and repaired and healed. Uh, that there should be a change in us. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at various aspects of that. Um, of what that change means and is. And, it, and it's very important. It was very important to Wesley. Remember, that's how he... That's why... He gets in this business of reform in the first place. Is he's looking at himself and he's looking around and he doesn't like what he sees. He basically doesn't see any difference between heathens, in his words, the harlots and publicans, um, and Christians. And so he's trying to figure out what's, what's wrong with himself and what's wrong with, with others. But for today, we want to look at a new controversy. And when I say new, it was new in the 1700s. Um, and that was this idea that once you were justified, so if you were, a, and I'll just use this for simplicity's sake, if you were a believer in Jesus, so you believe that Jesus died for your sins, there was a new belief being spread by this guy named Count Zinzerdorf, Count Zinzerdorf, that if you were indeed saved, you no longer sin. So if you were a sinner, if you sinned, you, then you didn't believe in Jesus. You weren't saved. All right, so it worked either way. If you said yes to Christ, you believed in the cross, you did not sin. If you like, And so he would take, again, like a lot of these guys and gals, they... They didn't just make this stuff up. They would be interpreting verses of the Bible. And so he would look at a verse 
of the Bible and talking about sin being defeated at the cross. He'd say, all right, well, if you believe in the cross, then sin's been defeated for you. So you will not sin anymore. And so um, Wesley and others took issue with that. And so I'm going to give you the bottom line right now. And so this is the point as you go forward. And then I'm going to mess it up because I can't stop talking. I'm just sitting here awake. Amen. All right. So the bottom line for Wesley is that even after we are justified, even after we claim Jesus for ourselves, um, we can still sin. However, we shouldn't. We can, but we shouldn't. So look to your neighbor and say, we can, but we shouldn't. Now the preacher should just shut up. Charlie. Yeah, they're sitting. They're sitting back there. So I'm going to read to you a portion directly from Wesley, from one of his sermons about this topic. We allow that the state of a justified person is inexpressibly great and glorious. All right, I'm going to stop there for a second. So when we're justified, basically we should feel good. That's the my translation. If you believe in Jesus, you should feel it. He is born again. So that's that new creation talk that we just have from the passage. Born again. Not of blood, nor of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so I'm sure you've heard people talk about born again, or use born again language. Okay, so Wesley would affirm that, that we are born again. So, and then going back to the passage that was just read for us, we're born anew. The old has passed away, and the new is upon us. He is a child of God, a member of Christ, an heir of the kingdom of heaven. And so this is where Zinderdorf and people that followed him would say, if you've been born again, your sin has passed away, but now you're a new creature, and you're a sinless creature. And Wesley was like, no way. And so the way, one of the, one of the ways Wesley would come back, that would say, just think about your physical birth. When, you, when we're born as babies, we're not all that we can be. I mean, we're growing. We're babies. We're babies. And so he would point to the scriptures where Paul would say things like that. Like, you know, you're just a babe. And the gospel's about mother's milk and that sort of thing. And so it goes on. The peace of God which passeth all understanding, keepeth his heart and mind in Christ Jesus. His very body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And, and further, that's why he would say we shouldn't sin, as we're a temple of the Holy Ghost. And an inhabitation of God through the Spirit. He is created anew in Christ Jesus. He is washed. He is sanctified. His heart is purified by faith. He is cleansed from the corruption that is in the world. 
The love of God is shed abroad in his heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto him. And so long as he walketh in love, which he may always do, he worships God in spirit and in truth. He keepeth the commandments of God and doth, doth, doeth those things that are pleasing in his sight. So exercising himself as to have a conscious void of offense toward God and toward man. And he has the power both over outward and inward sin, even from the moment he is justified. And so with that is, is the where Wesley is saying, you know, we have through Christ and through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us the power to conquer sin. But, but he goes on to say, but it's a journey. But it's a process. We're babies when we say yes to Jesus. And we have to mature and grow through sanctification, which we're going to talk about next week. Through this sanctification process. It doesn't make any sense, Wesley would say, through his own experience and through the experiences of, of his work as a pastor. Um, it doesn't make any sense to say, through his biblical understanding and through the biblical passages, to say that in an instance, we are transformed to be perfectly sinless. And he would point that Jesus was the only sinless person. And he would say, I love this part too, besides, Zinderdorf just came up with this yesterday. Quote, yesterday. And so for 1,700 years, you can't find a single writing on any human being being sinless. And so that would be his, his final argument. I'm just going to raise one specific place where um, Wesley uh, points to Scripture to defend his position that if we just because we sin doesn't mean we don't believe in Jesus. In fact, you know, we're, we're going to continue to sin. And so what he does is he points to the first epistle in order in the, in the biblical record. And that's um, 1 um, Corinthians after, well, the second, I guess, to the Romans. The writing to the first church that he founded, Corinth, because he, he did not find the church in Rome. He just wrote to them and visited them. So the first church that he founded, which was the church in Corinth, he writes to them, he writes to them, and we're reminded that in the very in the second verse of the book, he, he says, you are to the church in Corinth who is in Christ, who is sanctified, who basically believe in the blood of Jesus. And so he says some nice things, but including, he reminds them they have, for, for modern day language, you have been saved, or you're being saved. So they're believers. And then in the very next paragraph, what does he start to do and say about the Corinthians, just in general? Are they acting good or are they acting bad? They're acting badly, all right? Christians behaving badly, all right? And so then what John Wesley says is that this is a pattern that's going to be in all the epistles to all the churches, is that he is going to affirm that they believe in Jesus, that they are justified, and then turn right around and list their sins. And so Wesley says, see, it's right in our Bible that these people believe in Jesus. They're being sanctified. They're justified. But they are still sinning. 
So why would we turn to our neighbor, to our friend, to our family mate, to our parishioners and say, if you sin, Wendy, you don't believe in Jesus. He said, it doesn't make sense, and it also is not in the biblical record. And then he would say, so how would you feel, or how would one feel, you know, if they're coming to you and they say, or maybe I'll just ask, raise your hand if this week you felt a little bit of anger towards somebody. Raise your hand. All right, so Wesley would say if, if wait a minute, raise your hand again. I won't go any more down the list. We'll just stick with anger. We've got pretty inclusive said there. So it wouldn't make any sense to everybody that raised their hands, me included, to say, well, you don't, you know, you got angry this week towards your neighbor. That's a sin. Therefore, you don't believe in Jesus. But that's what people were trying to say and what people were trying to teach. And he says it mattered. It matters, in this, I'll just quote Wesley directly, then you, what will be then the natural consequences of this? So this is why it matters what we believe about this. If he believed what I say, that he was an unbeliever, his soul will not only be grieved and wounded, so that's great for 2016 because we're so concerned about how people feel about themselves, right? So Wesley was ahead of his time. So we don't want to hurt your feelings, Wendy. You still believe in Jesus, even though you got angry at me this week. But again, that's counter to the feelings of, of gratitude and graciousness and feeling good about yourselves because you believe in Jesus. But he goes on. But perhaps utterly destroyed. So your soul would be destroyed of, of the thought that you had um, sinned so much that you're outside of God's love. Inasmuch as he will cast away that confidence, that confidence which have great recompense of reward. And then here's really why it matters. And having cast away his shield, how shall he quench the fiery darts of the wicked one? Of the wicked one. And then he goes on to say also that it is the sick that need the physician. And so if you have sickness in your heart, you still have sin in your heart, why is not logical to say that the physician's not there? And so that matters too. It's precisely because of our inclination to sin that Jesus wants to be in our heart in the first place. And so if we slip up, if we backslide, if we have a, um, a re- relapse, then Jesus, that's all the more reason for Jesus to still be in our heart. So we've got to, to acknowledge the fact that even as believers, we still sin. We still have that inclination, inclination to sin. But it doesn't rule our lives. It doesn't rule our lives. And then also Wesley, and I won't go into to this today, but because we have a couple more weeks in this topical area of sin and, and after justification. But it's also very important that this is also not a license to sin. 
So Charlie, don't go out here and say, well, Pastor Jonathan, I'm still going to sin, and that's okay. Um, that's totally not okay. That's not what Wesley or the Bible or Paul would say at all. He would just say that, um, and, and, and also what he would go down the road is, we're not once saved, always saved. That's a whole other topic that we would need to dive into later. Um, but it does matter how we approach life going forward. You know, just because we say yes to Jesus does not give us license to do whatever we want. No, we want to live in the God's will. But the point for this is that yes, we are going to slip up. Yes, we're going to sin. We're going to make mistakes. But we can still claim the confidence that Jesus has died for our sins. And we can still come back to him every day and ask for forgiveness. We, can, we still have the opportunity to repent. God is not going uh, to turn his back on us. There's nothing that we can do um, post-justification um, that is going to uh, turn God so against us that we would be left without hope. Um, I love... Um, I know that 11 years ago, I used the Romans 8 text, um, life in the spirit and the future glory. And Paul, um, that's where Paul has that great line about nothing, nothing um, can separate us. So no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor, nor rulers, nor things, present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And um, it's just such a beautiful and wonderful verse um, to end with as we think about sin after justification. Yes, we still can sin. No, we shouldn't sin. But when we do, we can ask for forgiveness and we can repent. And God's going to love us just the same today as he did prior to that sin. If that made any sense, can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. All right. We're going to take a moment now and respond to the word in a couple different ways, including we'll get to Holy Communion in a moment. But we're going to turn to page 7 